Immigration with Tamina Watson this and every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Immigration attorney Tamina Watson founded Watson Immigration Law here in Seattle and is a frequent speaker, author, and blogger who has appeared in Forbes, CNN, The Seattle Times, and much, much more. On her new radio show, Tamina will take all your questions live on air. Plus, she will discuss and provide insight into the latest immigration news and issues, as well as talk with notable personalities who have impacted U.S. immigration laws or are notable immigrants themselves. Check out her new show, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., Immigration with Tamina Watson on Daisy 1250 a.m., radio that listens to you. Good morning, Seattle. This is Tamina Watson on Immigration with Tamina on Daisy 1250 a.m. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We have so much to chat about and a wonderful guest on the show as well. Reminder that this show is all about immigration. The show airs at 10 o'clock in the morning every Tuesday, and then it is repeated on Fridays at 8 p.m. You can tune in to the show through your radio station at 12.50 a.m., just dialing in, or you could tune in through live streaming at www.dc1250am.com, or you can download the app from the App Store, DC 12.50 a.m. If you have any questions or comments, you can call at the show at 844-301-1250 844-301-1250 and if you have questions you can email at contact at they see 1250 am um, it is just wonderful to be here today there has been so much um, news on immigration and I will talk about those um, after we speak with our guests today uh, because we have a very important person who is giving us some time to make sure that um, she can talk about some of the issues that she is handling um, but we have a lot of information so make sure you stay tuned and if you don't know about our Facebook page make sure you go to Facebook um, and find Immigration with Tamina the radio show Uh, it's a Facebook page that launched in January after 18 months of being on air I needed to find somewhere to put all the information so you will find all our show information and updates in one spot and if you have questions you can also message me through the Facebook page if you've just tuned in you're listening to Tamina on Desi 1250 AM thank you so much for joining us Well, today's guest is a very notable person, making a huge impact on immigrants' lives and doing so much more. And we are so grateful that she's giving us some time out of a very busy schedule. And she is none other than the mayor of Kent, Mayor Suzette Cook. Mayor, are you there? Yes, I am, Tamina. Oh, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. Maya, before I speak with you, I want to make sure our listeners know a little bit more about you. Um, So I'm just going to read a little bit about all that you have done um, before you became a mayor. So Mayor Suzette Cook was elected mayor of Kent um, in 2005 and re-elected in both 2009 and 2013. She She served as CEO for over... No, she serves as CEO for over 600 local government employees that cover a population of nearly 125,000 people and 34 square miles. During her terms as mayor, Mayor Cook has chaired the Valley Communications Center Administration Board, the King County Flood Control Zone District Advisory Committee, Kent Fireman's Relief and Pension Fund Board, 
Fund Board and the South County Area Transportation Board. She is a member of the Puget Sound Regional Council Executive Committee and the Kent Chamber of Commerce Board of Directors and was appointed to King County's Regional Transit Task Force and the, and the Board of Health. Prior to being elected mayor, she served as senior sales executive for ESP Printing, president CEO of the Greater Renton Chamber of Commerce, economic development manager for the city of Burien, and 11 years as executive director of the Kent Chamber of Commerce. Mayor Cook was also elected to the Washington State Legislature in 1992, 94, and 96, where she served on the Budget, Healthcare, and Pension Policy Committees and chaired the Children and Family Services committee her most notable achievement was reforming washington state's welfare system well mayor cook that is just an enormous amount of things that you've done thank you for all that you've done and all that you're doing and thank you for being here today absolutely and in fact just doing all those things shows i'm old <laughs> it shows you you have a lot of wisdom and you can help a lot of people in the community so i'm i'm <laughs> grateful that you you're here and i may call on you for advice for myself <laughs> um <Okay. laughs> we have uh, so much to chat about we are in um unprecedented times in society and you live in one of the most multicultural cities in King County, and you've done a lot to help the community. So just as a refresher for our listeners, what are some of the latest initiatives that you have going on? Well, Tamina, the most uh, recent initiative was simply having a proclamation of Kent being a welcoming city. And I'm pleased to say that not only did I sign that and give that proclamation, but our city council president, Bill Boyce, also signed that proclamation. Well, congratulations. That's wonderful. When did it get signed? It was signed on the 21st of February. Oh, that's really recent. Wow. I had spoken before in December about mm-hmm. Kent being a welcoming city, but this made it more formal mm-hmm. in really emphasizing the fact that our logo, our our whole theme and branding for Kent is bringing the world home. And our job as a city is to make sure we do everything possible to make this home for all people as receptive and safe as possible. Well, that's wonderful. And it's just wonderful to hear what happened since you were in the show uh, last year. So thank you for sharing that with us. Certainly. We also have established a cultural communities board. That board is advisory to both myself and our seven city council members and our staff. They represent just a few of the very many national heritage individuals that reside here. Since Kent is now noted to be the third most diverse city of its size in the United States. Wow. We know we have 138 different languages spoken in the homes here. And then with the Cultural Communities Board, we are in the process of advertising for a communications coordinator because key to having a 
such a variety of people living in Kent is the challenge of making sure we are communicating very openly, very transparently, and effectively with this diverse community. Well, that's very impressive, and good luck with finding the right person. I think you're, you're absolutely right. It's a, It would be a huge asset to have somebody like that. Um, you know, our time is limited. I have so much to ask you, um, and one of the things that is on people's minds, given the new administration, there was a travel ban recently, and, you know, that was stayed, and there was another travel ban that also was stayed, but there are other executive orders that have been signed, but other executive orders that have been leaked, and not signed. Uh, as a result, there's a lot of fear in society, um, in our communities. And given the rich cultural population that you have in Kent, are you able to share what you are seeing in the community? Absolutely. There is a direct effect on what is happening at the federal level. Uh, we have, for example, experienced an individual who is working legally and is here legally with a green card and is on route to follow through with his citizenship. But because of the type of visa he has, he is afraid to leave to go back to visit his family ever so briefly, his family, meaning his parents and siblings, in his country of origin, because it is one of the countries that was on the ban. Mm. In doing so, that anxiety of not being able to see ailing parents really does affect the productivity of an individual and their sense of being safe and healthy and positive. You know, that's uh, actually, a, I'm so glad you brought that up and you're actually seeing that. And I want to take a moment to mention two things that you might want to be aware of and also let people know that they have these two things that they can do. Um, while the travel ban has been stayed, it's almost silent that people are actually being affected when they arrive. And when the first ban happened, I was one of the people uh, 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 amongst a group of others that were helping people affected at the airport. And what happened at SeaTac okay. Airport, and as a result of all that was going on, uh, a colleague of mine, another immigration lawyer, his name is Greg McLawson, um, he and I, together with another non-immigration lawyer and a couple of tech people who donated their time and technology, created a website called Airport Lawyer. Dot org, And it connects people who are traveling from abroad into the U.S. with volunteer immigration lawyers um, if they get stuck in, in customs. And the airportlawyer.org website is being used for about 20 international airports around the U.S. Um, and there are obviously other organizations helping people. But that is, a, that is one very important um, website for people, particularly in your district, that they should know about. And the second thing that you, you might want to be able to, you know, relate to people is um, if somebody is traveling, whether it's from one of the seven countries or not, because we are seeing people affected from various countries, uh, our um, uh, political representatives for, um, you know, the federal uh, Congress, um, including our senators and all our representatives, at least the Democratic ones, um, are willing to take privacy release um, statements in advance of people's travels so that if they have issues at airports, um, they can step in and help. 
So two things that people should take away from this conversation. Airportlawyer.org is a means to get volunteer lawyers and privacy release um, uh, uh, um, waivers that can be signed for our senators and representatives in advance will allow them to help if people are in trouble. And, you know, I'm saying this in the context of airport um, problems, but this could happen in if there are raids uh, and other types of, um, you know, situations where people get detained and they don't have lawyers. So two things to keep in mind and perhaps pass on. Um, but I, I'm very glad that you brought up the, the actual direct effect on people's lives. You know, we, we are... Um People are afraid of uh, a lot of hate crimes and uh, the backlash of the current administration's stance on um, various things. And, you know, I'm very sorry that this happened in your jurisdiction, but there was a shooting that happened to a South Asian person. And it's just one of many that's happened around the country. Um, what can you tell us about this? Well, the investigation is still underway, so I cannot release any of the details that our police and the FBI was called in, what they haven't covered yet, because it is an active investigation. I, d I did call the individual who was shot in the arm with this incident, and definitely it comes across as a hate crime, since he... W he is sick, so from the Punjabi area of India, and was told to go back to his country. That is unacceptable. And my advice to the general public is even in the spoken words of discrimination or bias, e even if it's intimated, so it's just, um, it's un acceptable and one cannot be silent within our current situation one should speak up and be able to state opposition to what is being said or done that's what i would suggest and if anyone feels uh, that they are threatened Obviously, when you are shot, you're given very little opportunity in advance to call 911, but we encourage people that feel like they have been harassed or threatened to let us know so we can document uh, the incidents, where they're happening, and be able to further, hopefully, educate some of our public, because so much of this is based on ignorance. People mm -hmm. just don't know. Right. You know, you mentioned that they can contact you. How how should they do that? Well, they first of all, if it is something of that is in a fearful manner, then they have to call 911. And irrespective of their residency, if they are legal or not legal residents of this country, we don't ask about that. We are there to help provide a sense of security and to solve any crimes. So that's number one. Secondly, they are welcome to call the mayor's office with the city of Kent. My number is 253-856-5700. Or they can talk to our human services staff. Okay, that's very helpful to know. You know, uh, it's just a general question because this is something that's happening around the country, not just, you know, at our doorsteps. What can cities do in general um, to, to in these situations? Well, clearly, again, it's to not let these situations go without 
some form of a response. But I think all of us need to step up to preventing these situations in the first place, and that includes having events, activities, opportunities for people to better understand each other, the cultures, the religions, all of these factors that tend to separate folks in thinking that they are different or more superior perhaps than another. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the spot on. I I agree with that, and I th- I, I and if you do have events, you know, I'm very happy to post it on our, our blog and website. I mean, you know, the radio show and the DC twelve fifty radio sh- uh, station particularly uh, is you know a, a lot basically listened to by the South Asian community. So if you have events that you want people to know about, please let us know, and we'll make sure that the it gets on air. Um, I, I hope Thank it will you. help. I will. Mm-hmm. I will send you, um, for example, our international festival is more than just entertainment. We have had different cultures also speak about their culture to help dispel some of the misinformation that's out there. So it is a great opportunity for all ages to come and enjoy the entertainment while at the same time learning about different cultures. Well, wonderful. What, what is that date? Is it, do you have a date for that yet? Yes, it's on Saturday, June 3rd. Wow, okay. And it's at our showware center. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to move on to a different question. You may or may not have an answer for us. Um, You know, there's something called sanctuary cities, and essentially it doesn't mean anybody's safe because ICE, Immigration Customs and Enforcement, can actually, you know, do their job, but they can't force the police to do their job. Um, Do you have any comments about this for, for Kent? Because a lot of people have this fear all around the country, but particularly, you know, in our area. Well, as I said earlier, our police do not ask of an individual's national status. So we are there simply to do our job, Mm -hmm. which is to help keep people safe and to solve crimes. Now, if that person, however, ends up in our jail, there is a form that our officers fill out that goes into a statewide data bank. It does not include the national affiliation of the individual, but it does include their name. Mm. So if an individual's name is actually on a list that ICE has, for example, Mm. that does put them in jeopardy. And the immigration and customs officials may request to pick up that individual when their sentence is over with our local jail. Okay. Um, Just in case you had not seen this yesterday, ICE had published a report about these detainers. They call detainers these uh, requests that ICE make. And essentially this report, while in my opinion was a little misleading, um, you know, it's something to be aware of because they're naming and shaming, if you like, um, jurisdictions that are not complying with these detainers, except you know, and it's just a, this is a conversation for another time because it's questionable whether the detainers are making the request in an appropriate manner. But something to, if you didn't know about it, it's, it was out published yesterday. Um, so I've got... No, I have not seen it. I, I will make sure you, you have it just so you, you have it on your radar. So running out of time, I have so much still to ask you. Um, so the city of Seattle has a, an amazing um, office called the Office of Immigrant and F- Refugee Affairs. Um, uh, does Kent have something like that? 
Or does your cultural board, does the cultural board sort of act in the same manner to give that advice, I suppose? That is what we are growing, actually, with the Cultural Communities Board. Otherwise, as I said earlier, it it really is the mayor's office and the human services staff as we gain greater knowledge about the issues. Got it. Okay. So, um, I know you have a big speech coming up on April 5th, the State of the City speech. How wonderful. Tell us more about that. Well, that is going to be my final State of the City speech, and I will talk about accomplishments over the last almost 12 years and looking at some of our challenges. It is open to the public, and if someone wants to come and have lunch, it is sponsored by the Chamber of Commerce, so they can go on the website for the Kent Chamber of Commerce. But if they choose to come and not partake of the food, they are welcome to. It is at Showware Center beginning at 11.30, and they can simply sit in the audience without sitting at one of the banquet tables. How exciting. Well, I'm sorry it's your last one. Um, You know, I I know you have done an amazing job as a mayor, and I know Kent is on the map, uh, you know, partially to all the things that you have done. So thank you for serving the community that you have done in the way that you have done. And I hope that, you know, before you leave office, you can come back to our show one more time. Thank you, Tamina. I'd be pleased to. Well, wonderful. Well, we've run out of time. Thank you so much, Mayor, for joining us today and for all, for all the invaluable information that you've shared with us. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you just tuned in, this is Tamina on Immigration with Tamina on Desi 1250 AM. And that was the mayor of Kent, Mayor Cook, who gave us some um, invaluable information about what is going on in Kent um, in general and not very valuable phone number, which is 253-856-856. 5700 if you have any concerns about uh, anything you can actually call the mayor's office to make your thought known Um, we're running out of time I have just a couple of things to mention to you before we um, say goodbye there was a second executive order which was also uh, stayed um, the the stay or the essentially the um, Blocking of the executive order was done by uh, a judge, uh, Judge Watson in Hawaii, and it's a national ban. So, of course, the ban is not in place except in action. Things are happening that is almost a salient ban. If you read the news this morning, you would have seen that a Muslim teenager was not allowed to board the plane coming back to the U.S. Uh, from Turkey, and this child, 16 year old, I think, was born in the U.S. and you know doesn't know any but the U.S. and the U.S. uh, was not uh, taking this child back. So while there isn't a ban, unfortunately, um, reality is that people are going to have difficulty traveling. So therefore, remember, airportlawyer.org, that's www.airportlawyer.org, will hopefully connect you to a lawyer before you travel back into the U.S. And the other thing to remember is we have an amazing delegation of congressional representatives. And you can go to their websites, and uh, in your jurisdiction and sign a privacy release document that they will keep on file in case you need help. Um, so if you have any questions or comments, you make sure that you can email me at info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com or you can message me through the Facebook page. Um, you, there are so many ways to contact me. Make sure you ask me if you have questions. Lastly, H-1B deadline is coming up in eight 
days, eight business days on March 31st. Unfortunately, uh, we were surprised to hear that there is no premium processing on H-1Bs, which will be a real burden for a lot of people, a lot of businesses and individuals. If this is of concern to you, make sure you have your voice heard and make sure you tell, let your congressional delegation know about that. Um, but, you know, you, there is no substitute to filing your case, so you must get it filed. And while USCIS did not specifically say so the law allows for the window of filing to be open for five days and uh, they will start accepting applications on April 3rd. So March 31st is a Friday. So remember that. And then finally, I want to make sure you know about this. You will know if you're a regular listener of the radio show, as well as uh, my blog, a WatsonImmigrationLaw.com blog. Um, you will know that the movie For Hero to Go is very close to my heart. The f movie For Hero to Go will be... Um, Release nationally um, in select theatres on March 31st to coincide with the H-1B deadline. Read more about it on my blog. Go to the Facebook page for For Here or To Go. They need money to bring the movie to Seattle. If you can donate anything at all, that would be greatly appreciated so we can have the movie here. But you can contact me for questions, comments, or anything else. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be here bright and early next Tuesday morning to talk about all sorts of news updates that I've not had time to give you so if you have questions or comments you can email me in advance at info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com this is tamina watson on desi 1250 am thank you so much for joining me bye bye